commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. We've got uh, what I think will be a very enlightening and exciting program for you here tonight. Our guest, Jack Brewer, played professional football in the NFL for the Minnesota Vikings, New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Atlanta, uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he played in 40 games, had 58 tackles and two interceptions. Jack Brewer, he's a big time. Wait, hold on. I'm, telling, I'm getting the word now from the producer. It's a different Jack Brewer. <laughs> no, that's me, man. You got the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I'm glad I remembered that joke. Like the last second, I'm like, oh shit, I was going to pretend that I was interviewing the football player Jack Brewer. I better get, better get a stats up here on the <laughs> on the uh, on the Google machine. Of course, uh, folks, I'm talking about the real Jack Brewer. I, I'll call him the original Jack Brewer. Uh, the Jack Brewer of, of paranormal fame, I guess you could say, of UFO fame. Um, he is the proprietor of the outstanding blog, The UFO Trail. He is the author of the book, The Grays Have Been Framed. A uh, longtime friend of the show. Uh, I can't find exactly when he was on the last time, but, uh, well, he's definitely on like a couple back at the Ben All of America Christmas party back in 2018 with uh, Adam Go Rightly and Aaron yeah. Gullius. So it's been at least a couple of years since we've talked. Um, and uh, a lot going on in the world of UFOs. So, yeah, welcome back to the show. I'm looking forward to talking to you again, Jack. Thanks, Tim. It's always a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Now, uh, you know what? I was thinking about this before we started talking tonight because, as I said, uh, I'm sure we delved into this the first time I had you on the show. But since that time, we've become good friends and we talk a lot uh, online and everything. And it kind of dawned on me today. It was like, I don't remember how you even got involved in all this. Because um, you're certainly not like a UFO true believer. Most of those folks usually have like kind of the same origin story where like they saw something or, um, you know, they experienced something they think and they got really turned on by UFOs and they got into the UFOs and, um, you know, then they were off to the races. Um, or, or somebody like me who had like a really big interest in a lot of this stuff as a kid, um, you know, and so they've been kind of following up on it into adulthood. But I don't recall how exactly you came to become, you know, part of the ecosystem of UFOs, especially as uh, I think we can agree you're like a healthy skeptic of all this. You're not certainly not a true believer or anything like that. 
Right, right. I I started blogging in 2010. I started the blog, The UFO Trail. And uh, my my origin story is pretty common, um, like you were just describing, actually. I was interested as a kid, had a lifelong interest in uh, unusual things, paranormal. You know, when I was a kid, there were shows like... Uh, Night Gallery and Syndication and Twilight Zone, and uh, there was one about ESP with uh, an actor called, I think his name was Gary Collins, and that kind of thing was popular. And when I was about 10, I did have a UFO sighting, and oh, wow. so that, that, that piqued my interest even more. Uh, then, like people will do, um, as I came of age and got interested in um, the young ladies and uh, <laughs> the the pursuit of, of money and having to work a job and take care of a family, I, I of course, you know, had less time and attention for, for UFOs. But then uh, in the 1990s, I came back around to it a bit. And uh, was very much because I, I was interested in it from the typical perspective of oh, there's just so many reports, there must be something to this, and the, uh, the government and the naysayers always seem so dry and, and flat that uh, you know, there really must be more to this. And I was a fan of writers like John Keel. And at that point in time, in the early 1990s, uh, the alien abduction genre was, was really hitting its stride. And there were some... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there were guys like Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs that, that were uh, attracting attention and John Mack, you know, brought a lot of credibility to it. And uh, then as, as I was kind of in and out of it, you know, reading about it, attending the occasional conference. Then after the turn of the century, I got particularly interested in asking these people questions, like writing them and saying, you know, I read this in your book. And I'd really like to know more about this aspect of it. And I began to be really disappointed at what my lines of inquiry started um, suggesting to me. And it was at, at that point that I felt like I did have some things um, that I that I could add to the public uh, conversation. And uh, I, I wouldn't ever go as far as to say there's nothing to it, I, the, the UFO reports or even the high strangeness reports. But I did become thoroughly convinced that the topic is exploited by a number of different demographics from charlatans to um, you know, television producers and the, the intelligence community and everyone else. And whatever there may be of, about um, unusual phenomena that, that might deserve more study, gets, it's really a small signal 
in all of the noise of the UFO genre. But but the way I came at it was very much like you were describing uh, a pretty common origin story. Um, and I, I'd even add to that one more thing, if I may, that another yeah. thing that, that caused me to take a bigger interest in critical thinking and healthy skepticism than when I first um, started picking up, you know, Bud Hopkins and, John, and and David Jacob books was that uh, I got to where, like, one of the reasons you have probably haven't heard me talk much about my UFO sighting is I got to where I didn't even like to talk about it because everybody tried to tell you what happened. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, every, yeah. You, get, you get one arm pulled one way and another arm pulled another way. And I became okay myself with my own understanding that I don't know what happened, and that's just what I'm going to leave it at. Could have been, you know, a weather balloon that was out of control. Who knows? Could have been something genuinely unusual. I don't know. I'm not going to know. And having people um, try to push their agenda on me isn't going to help that. Yeah. Well, when you talk about, like, the exploitative nature of the phenomenon and everything, it's like, or I guess exploitability of the phenomenon might be a better way to put it. It is interesting in the sense where it's like, if you really think about it, and you really understand the history of the government and the phenomenon, the government's relationship to the phenomenon, um, I think it's probably kind of safe to say that, like, the government probably, even though you get the idea... It, 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 part of the whole thing is like the government's covering this up, um, and and they don't want people to be asking about UFOs, right? That's kind of like part of the whole thing, where it's like they they want this, they want to squash this UFO thing. I really think that if you dig a little deeper, I think it, I think it, I think that government actually really wants people to believe in UFOs because it allows them to use UFOs as a cover for all kinds of other shit. So. Uh, if people didn't believe in UFOs, then they 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 wouldn't be so easy to just accept that certain things are are visitors from another world when they could actually be some kind of secret project or something like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It it has it, they flipped and flopped on it. That that's for sure. It it seems advantageous at times. Uh, to push the narrative while at other times the intelligence agencies will um, act as if uh, they would prefer people not have questions about it and not want to discuss it and that it that it's a hindrance to critical thinking. But, uh, yeah, and actually an example of that um, I, I have been studying recently was uh, – the Robertson panel in 1953 um, suggest it was CIA sponsored and, and studied UFO evidence, and it, it collectively found that the evidence was not compelling. But it did uh, report to the CIA that the the propaganda uh, tool w was potentially advantageous about UFOs and. It also said that, that there could be a problem with um, 
hysterical people and bad reports, false reports, gumming up the works and creating a logjam that Air Force yeah. investigators would have to spend um, their valuable time looking into that might cause them to miss actual threats. And right. that, that's kind of ironic because at that same point in time, there there was a former CIA officer named Colonel Amos, A-M-O-S-S, that uh, was submit was submitting a report to the Air Force about that he had heard about and uh this uh AFOSI officer ended up running it down and it, it turned out to be a waste of time and so just as you know I couldn't help but appreciate the irony of um yeah the the people the CIA funded panel is saying might be gumming up the works are also CIA agents so officers so yeah, your your point's well taken that um they they say to calm down and leave it alone until it's advantageous to have everybody upset about it for some reason or another. Right, right. Um uh you know, we had Adam go rightly on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh Yeah. And he, a lot of his stuff it just uh, in that new book, uh Saucer's uh Saucer spook, saucer spooks and kooks. I think it is um, off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but yeah, that should be the kind of required reading for a, <laughs> for a lot of people in modern day uh, UFO world. Because I, I I was watching sort of the fallout from the um, Tiger Rogaway uh, Tiger, yeah, Tyler Tyler Rogaway article that came out about a week or so ago that suggests that a lot of this stuff is uh, foreign drones and something like that, foreign balloons. And, like, somebody on the Twitter comments was like, uh, are you trying to tell me that the U.S. government would rather people think that aliens were coming here than the Chinese or the Russians were invading our airspace? Are you trying to tell me that? Because it sounds crazy to me. And it's like, yes, <laughs> yes, dude. Yes, that's fucking exactly what, what – yes. I'm sure they would much rather you think that there are aliens coming here from another planet – than than Russians and Chinese and North Koreans or or, or whatever um, flying close to the coast of the United States in restricted airspace. It's a uh, it's a lot more it's a it's a, it's a lot uh, easier pill to swallow if it's aliens than than if it's Russians. Yeah, if nothing else, too, the spokespeople are making it clear that you know spokespeople from the Pentagon and the. Uh, military agencies are making it clear that ambiguity is preferable to clarifying what the hell's going on. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, now there is a lot sort of going on now at the in this. This is a this is a bubbling base of of weirdness right now. Yeah, UFO studies. So I try. I've kind of complained on the show, so I don't want to be a hypocrite in this way. I've complained on the show where it's like. I feel like everything gets bogged down in this minutia, um, you know, where it's like uh, – I think I've, like, like I've used the example on other shows where it's like people trying to track down Lou Elizondo's, uh, you know, receipt from the commissary <laughs> <laughs> to try and, to try and get, get, catch him in some kind of thing or whatever uh, or, to prove, or to prove something where it's just like, oh, my God, man. So, so I, I, I'm going to gloss over sort of the happenings right now in UFO world because – it's just it's 
just too much of a breaking story, um, you know, to really wrap your arms around too much. Uh, so for people who are like, oh, what is he? Well, what's what we we want the late? We don't, I don't know the latest on the triangle thing, and and <laughs> you know, and by the time you listen to this, it'll be old news, whatever we're talking about now. So I prefer something that that stands the test of time. Although, I, you know, Jack and I are going to get into sort of the overall general mood of UFO world right now and what's going on, because this has uh, certainly been an interesting uh, three years or so. Um, but but one of the things you mentioned uh, as we were setting up the interview, which I had not heard of, which just goes to show you folks, like, um, you know, I, I think I'm pretty well-versed in a lot of this stuff, but not like uh, – you know, I'm, I'm kind of like the paranormal veterinarian. You know, I gotta I gotta heal a, a dog, a cat, a chicken, a fish, a rabbit. <laughs> so I, well, 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 some folks are focused on UFOs. I gotta do UFOs and Bigfoot and ghosts and circle back around the Ouija board and Dyatlov Pass and maybe there's something going on with Tunguska this week or whatever. And so, you know, I can't I can't exactly uh, I can't exactly spend all my time on each topic. So. Something slipped through the cracks, even though I've been doing this for, shit, almost 20 years. So all that's a long way of saying. You mentioned on in our little exchange there this thing called Project Palladium. And I looked this up, and I was like, holy shit. What? Like, like A, how does no one talk about this? And B, <laughs> like, like this would seem to, at the very least, be... You know, there might be some kind of through line here to what we're seeing nowadays. Uh, if this was the kind of technology that was going on way back when, like who who knows what kind of te- technology they have now? So tell me, tell me and the listeners, expand for me on Project Palladium and, and loop the listeners in on this pro- on this this thing, this Project Palladium, because to me it was like I didn't know they could do this, and <laughs> and and I'm, I'm, it, it confuses the whole thing even more for me. Yeah, sure. It, it's definitely one of those hello moments, that's for sure. Um, it, it certainly plays in to some extent, however much that may be. One of the best sources on it is a now declassified CIA report by a, a former CIA officer named Gene Podiat. And he worked on Project Palladium in the mid-20th century. Um, And it it was a project that worked with the CIA and the NSA and military forces like the Marines that would offer support. And essentially what they could do was project on enemy radar – a craft of any size at any heading they they wanted. And they could make it uh, appear to um, increase altitude, decrease altitude, um, fly at right angles, all, all of the stuff. And the first time I ever read this report, I was like, these like are descriptions of UFOs, this, this guy is explaining. Right. Like, particularly, even, he said that that one of their favorite things to do was, in the height of the chase, just cut the signal, and it just disappears, just vanishes. 
Wow. And uh, he he described one specific mission that they did off the coast of Cuba, between Cuba and Florida, in which, and this really interested me too, in which metallic balloons were released in tandem with, with the false radar paints being projected on Cuban radar so that that pilots would possibly even see what essentially is a UFO, a, a round metallic sphere in the air. And this, these spheres had different purposes other than just confusing the enemy. And Tyler Rogaway, again, we can, can defer to him. He has written about the evolution of this technology over at Warzone and with his crew. And now it, it is, as you, one would imagine, just uh, I- infinitely more complex that uh, satellite systems and multiple ships and Aerial platforms like drones that might be flying the area all work together to give uh, the radar operator a field of vision. And these increasing abilities to throw a wrench in the radar system, Rogaway was reporting, are are now, they, they can even do that with these multiple sensor systems ranging from space to ship and all points in between. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I can see where a lot of confusion could come out of that, and particularly with the airborne objects released with it, possibly, in that I could envision a pilot that does put eyes on something um, then has his instruments telling him that, that this something is going from 30,000 feet to surface level instantaneously, um, then maybe takes off at 5,000 miles per hour and stops on a dime. And I could see where a pilot might, in looking back at it or in being distressed at the time, and possibly not having a fully awareness of the technology that's available, could possibly think he saw that object do what his instrumentation told him. Um, that that would certainly be one possibility. But yeah, yeah, palladium. To to answer your question, started just as dropping aluminum strips out of aircraft to confuse radar in the mid-20th century and just evolved from there to be extremely uh, advantageous and and complex and indeed reads like UFO reports. By the way, I have a um, FOIA request for years now for all of the material on that into the NSA and CIA. And last I checked on it, CIA told me it was in its final stages. She said that doesn't mean you'll get it soon, but it is in its final stages. And so we'll see what they give me on it. Yeah. Well, I can, I can see, uh, I think I've driven off most of the, <laughs> the true believers in UFO world, but there are still some who listen. But uh, you know, I can I can see and hear sort of the 
um, the steam, in a sense, coming out of the ears of some of some in, uh, in UFO world, where it's like the argument oftentimes is like, uh, like, so you're going to tell me that this guy <laughs> who has 40 years of flight experience is going to make a mistake like that and mis and misidentify that? Are, are you really going to tell me that? And it's like, dude. People are not infallible. Like, people can <laughs> – when someone is the subject of something that's purposely trying to confound them, then <laughs> then it is perfectly reasonable and plausible to, at the very least, uh, entertain the possibility that they were confounded. That <laughs> like, I don't see what – yeah, yeah, I just want to interject, please. Something trying to confound them – Executed by the most skilled confounders in the world. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think there's a there's a certain and look like <laughs> Go Riley will get a laugh. I don't want to get canceled, folks. I don't. Want, <laughs> but I love the troops. I respect the troops. All that stuff. But it's like the troops and, and the airline and the air force pilots and everything. They're not infallible. They're not infallible. So you know, I think I think people have that sort of misconception where it's like these are the greatest pilots in the world and they could never make a possible mistake and never make a misidentification. It's not even, it's not even within the realm of possibility. It's like, ah, come on, dude, come on. Like get, just get realistic here. Just get realistic, please. Um, that's, that's just sort of my soapboxy moment. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, um, I, I'm, I completely follow you, Tim. Actually, I'd like to also add briefly what has been learned about memory since I first came into really getting serious in the early 90s about this subject. Also did a lot to change my perception of it because no matter how much that pilot or expert witness, trained observer, may know about his craft and what he thinks he saw and how his aircraft work. He also needs to understand how memory works because we're all susceptible to that. And, and, you know, I'll just use again my own sighting as an example. The reason I don't want to dissect it anymore is it was 40 years ago and from what I've learned about memory, I don't know what happened anymore. I only have memories of what I've told people about it. And, you know, it's like trying to um, isolate, well, did that happen Christmas when I was nine years old or Christmas when I was eight years old? And uh, or, or was it something I thought might would be cool one Christmas if it really happened? And so, <laughs> yeah. I, on top of being an expert pilot and observer, you need to know how memory works, you know, and, right. and how you're susceptible to to thinking you saw something. Like I was saying, if your instrumentation is telling you this metallic balloon moved at an incredible rate of speed, it's just not that big a stretch to, to think that um, – one might perceive something more than a metallic balloon and that they saw that move that way, you know, especially right, exactly. if they recount it 47 different interviews. 
Yeah, and I'm sure in the moment it's a stressful experience. Period. So it's like you got to add that into the situation too. Like you're you're, you know, you're encountering something you you're not sure what it is. You're up there in the in the air. It's not like you're walking down the street. <laughs> you're you're out there in a jet, man. So so it's like I'm sure that's uh, that's pretty stressful. So yeah, it's a it's a confounding phenomenon. It really is, and um, I do think. Yeah, that 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 palladium stuff is definitely something that more people need to keep in mind. That there that there was this this intentional sort of uh, sort of like messing with with uh, radar and stuff like that. And it's interesting too. You know, I was thinking about this like uh, today too. Where you know, there's a lot of I guess like if, I guess if you go back to like the Benowitz thing, right? It's like Aside from people in the Army or whatever, or the military, or, or AFOSI, or whoever, you know, Air Force, um, like, nobody in UFO world probably could have, like, even guessed that, 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 and I forget exactly what the project was they were trying to push Benowitz away from, but it was like some kind of laser, um, you know, some kind of, something involving lasers and satellites and and and, um, and that sort of thing. So it's like... You could never – I guess the point I'm trying to make is, like, we're seeing all this unfolding before us right now, and it's like no one – if the government's trying to trying to pull the wool over our eyes to cover up something else, it's like we may not even know – it might be, like, impossible for us to figure out what exactly it is that they're really trying to get us to not understand, if that makes any sense. Do you get what I mean? Oh, I absolutely I, – I, I get what you mean. Um, they're professional intelligence officers, and they're really good at what they do. And a lot of the time, the best we're going to be able to do is shrug our shoulders and say, I don't know why he did it that way or why she did it that way. Yeah. Uh, you and um, some of my followers and whatnot are aware uh, I've I've been writing uh, about NICAP and studying them, and that applies a lot to that story, that I'll look back and I'll get all of the documents together I can, and I, I can make a couple guesses, and the bottom line is he's a professional intelligence officer. I don't know what the hell he was doing. You know, but I, yeah. I'd imagine it worked, whatever he was up to, you know. Yeah, well, it's a, the, yeah, the, the alphabet soup of UFO groups is an interesting, um, is an interesting sort of, uh, world to explore in a sense. It's really, you know, it was, <laughs> it's kind of funny in a way because, there was, you know, there was APRO and NICAP and MUFON, of course. And, and I remember, like, when I first got into this, it was kind of like, well, NICAP and APRO were gone, um, you know. And then and then the MUFON kind of linked. It's still hanging around, MUFON, like a bad rash, but it's still around. Um, <laughs> but it's just kind of it's just kind of funny where where it's like the, the deck chairs just keep getting shifted around. The acronyms kind of just change around where it's like, okay, well, now we have MUFON and TTSA and, and – uh, and, and and these various government ones, which, yeah, it's like, okay, a UAP task, a UAPTF and stuff. It's like, all right, it's always some some group with letters, and, and uh, it's uh, mysterious in nature. So it's just kind of funny, like, how it works like that. 
Yeah, it is. And like you're suggesting that we're not going to know, it, it can take decades. And even then, um, what comes out in the FOIA might uh, contradict what people think they know. And I say that because um, this week I was looking at some documents from 1965 that were uh, just released to the public this century so relatively recently as compared to you know being um 55 years old and uh they um one of them is about uh the cia going to see um ufo researcher at nicap richard hall and talking to him and wanting to borrow some of his reports and his materials and I, I can understand the story that NICAP thought of at the time was, and the UFO community did, that the CIA wants to know how much do we know. They're wanting to try to figure out who our sources are. They, they're trying to snoop and find, figure out how to, like they're scrambling to hide this and keep this ET presence covered up. And the actual document indicates that uh, they just they wanted to see what NICAP had because uh, the officers had been requested by the Office of Scientific Intelligence in the CIA to um, get some materials for them so they could do a paper on UFOs. And then there's another document written a day later that's from uh, the assistant director of OSI to the director of the CIA uh, informing him that materials were reviewed and uh, that includes monitoring UFO reports with the Air Force and a number of sources. And the assistant director at OSI told the head honcho at the CIA that he doesn't see it posing a threat to uh, national security, and he doesn't believe that that any of these reports represent uh, foreign aircraft. And so what I'm getting at here is that's just been published like this century. So in order to stick with the narrative that the CIA was conducting a a cover-up and was trying to thwart NICAP in the process, you really got to do a stretch here to figure out why was the assistant director at OSI unaware of the ET presence, and apparently the CIA director was as well if he was asking for an assessment of the situation. So, you know, you really got to work pretty hard to keep this narrative going. And like you said earlier, yeah, the CIA did use the topic in advantageous ways and um, was screwing around, for lack of a better term, but um, there. After all these years, we just still don't have anything that would lead us to believe that 
the powers that be have been aware of and hiding an ET presence. Not that I that not that I know of. Like pretty right. much everything I know about could be put in the category of like you were saying a few minutes ago that well if it had to do with U two planes that would cause it to be classified too. I I mean just because they don't wanna dump all their files on the table doesn't mean they're full of alien artifacts. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at the end of the day, like I think if pressed, I think the government is probably as mystified by the high strangeness cases as much as anybody else. You know, uh, that's kind of my my take. I'm not a big believer like in that they, that you know the aliens landed and cut a deal with Truman and <laughs> a lot of that. I, look, I wish that shit was true. That would make for a way more fantastic uh, world we're living in. But to me, it's like I I think they probably are just as mystified by the ones the unexplainables as we are. Um, but I also think the the number of unexplainables is like far less than maybe uh UFO world would like to admit. Um yeah, you know. and and like what do you want them to do about it and they got pressing problems like China and Russia. So right, I I mean apparently whatever happened to the hills doesn't intend to do any further harm, so we're going to move on to something else, you know. Or exactly. Whatever. Yeah, like I like I was talking to Lauren Coleman about this a while ago. Uh, if you take, in a sense, if you take the if you take the the intelligence, the observational intelligence technology, or whatever you want to call it, right? Like I said, the point being, like they they have satellites that can look down on on the border of of you know United States and Canada and make sure you know just to see look at and see what's going on and stuff. The the idea being like, okay, let's say let's say the NSA or whatever they're watching these satellites on the ground. And they see a Bigfoot, like they're not going to do anything about it. Like, they're not going to, they're not going to dispatch like a, a unit to go and, and check out the Bigfoot or whatever. They're just like, oh, well, look at that. That's weird. That I think that's a Bigfoot. Okay, that's pretty, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Okay, well, just make sure you know, just keep an eye out for any suspicious trucks that are coming across the border too while you're while you're looking at that Bigfoot. So it's, I think that's now if you turn that. If you turn that satellite, you know, observational thing back up to the sky, it very well could be a situation like that where they're like, okay, well, I can't explain what that thing was, but, you know, we we, we know that it's uh, one of the unexplainables. So, you know, let's let, we should be more concerned about these things that we know came over from China that are hovering around off the shore of, of Virginia or whatever. So yeah, that, I think yeah. that might be part of the situation too. Um you know, kind of like what you said, where it's like, ah, they kind of came to the conclusion that these things are pretty much harmless, and um, you know, we don't necessarily know what they are, and and uh, we got to focus on 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 actual threats to national security, as the as the you know, that's the whole purpose of this these organizations. Ostensibly. Yeah, yeah, and and like you were saying about you know the. The proverbial guy that'll be, are you telling me? Uh, well, we don't have to tell you. Like, like that, that bothers me, too, about how the argument gets flipped around to, well, then am I calling the pilot a liar? Am I saying that he didn't see what he saw? 
And and then if you even engage in that, you've already lost the argument. Like it's, it's exactly, not my yeah. responsibility to prove what he did or didn't see. The burden is on the person that that comes up with blurry photo after blurry photo to to lead us to believe there's something significant about this blurry photo as compared to any of the countless others. You know, it's right. it's not our burden to um, disqualify anyone's story. Yeah, and I think there's a there's a yeah, well, like I said earlier, what I was saying, you know, I got I got all the respect in the world for the pilots or whatever. It's like there's a, there's an often a thing where it's like if you say, oh, well, maybe they're mistaken, all of a sudden you're like disrespecting them or something. It's like, no, dude, like, like people, as I said, people are, are fallible, people are human, you know, people can be wrong. It doesn't mean you're. It doesn't mean they're liars. It, that's that's it, get, that really upsets me too. Where it's like people. If you if you suggest that someone's wrong, it's like all of a sudden now you're committing fucking treason. It's like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, what what on earth are you talking about? Like, let's just have an adult conversation about this and examine all the possibilities and not be so personally invested in this. That's one of the things yeah. that really kind of grinds my gears in a way about about this the current scene, if you will. I'm not a part of UFO world. I'm, I'm UFO adjacent. So I'm more of an observer of, of this community, and it's like, I don't know, man. It, it's just, to me, it was a lot more fun, like, I don't even know, at the turn of the century than it is now. There's a militance to this to this uh, fandom that I just didn't really see before, and it's getting worse, and, it, it, and it's really, it's a little unsettling, to be quite honest. Um, and you don't see it from a lot of these other um, these other sort of groups. Uh, you and I are friends with a lot of the same people on Twitter, and it's like, you know, my timeline's full of like people who are into like Hellier and into like ghost hunting and into like the occult and people who are into Bigfoot. And like for the most part, it's like light and love and acceptance and um, you know, isn't this awesome? This is like a great great topic this is you know everybody's welcome and you know that kind of stuff and it's like with ufo world it's like if you you are you're either in line <laughs> you're you know you're either a part of the stone cutters or you're not man it's like you you're either in the in the in the you're uh, i hate to I hate to say it, but it's like you're either in the cult or you're not that's kind of the deal it's like you're either a believer in 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 the story that's going around or you're or you're a heretic and it's like Jesus, man! Like, don't why? Why are you all so personally in, invested in all this? Like, just just watch it and see what happens. Yeah, I think the the word cult is a fair uh, description. The um, the similarities to QAnon are striking. They really are. Um, and yeah. I know yeah. Go Rightly and some other people have written about the overlap and. Uh, you, you know, that just this um, undying belief that something is coming soon, no matter what your eyes and ears tell you. And like you're saying, that um, you're uh, looked at like an enemy combatant if you say, uh, maybe that's just a cool story, man, you know, and... Uh, 
the the similarities are striking. They really are. Uh, a few years ago, I went to a UFO conference up in Arkansas in Eureka Springs, where they have one every year. And while I was there, when it finished up, I, I wanted to check out the uh, haunted hotel they have in the area. And like you're saying, there was such a contrast in the attitudes of the different crowds that yeah. uh, the the ghost um, tour was fun and entertaining and people were interacting where the um, UFO kind is, uh, um, it, it's really taken a toll from the intelligence community and where people are, um, you know, whether, whether the, whether the IC is to blame or our overactive imaginations or a combination thereof, no doubt, uh, people just, you know, if they don't know you at a UFO con or, and especially like you say, if you're not just, you know, em- embracing the Space Brothers, uh, you, it 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 can be pretty isolating. Where I found a completely different vibe among the the ghost people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And online, it's like even like, look, dude, I see some of the shit people say to you on on Twitter. It's like it's like like they, they just a rage in them, and it's like, why are you so fucking angry? Like, why are you so angry? Like, Jack's not, <laughs> you know, Jack, Jack's not insulting you, you guys. Jack's not even insulting what you believe. He's just asking questions. He's just trying to ask for some accountability on things. He's, you know, it's like he's offering alternative suggestions. And they, and they just light you up with this vitriolic shit. And it's like, <laughs> what is, like, seriously, guys, man? Like, come on. It's really, it's really, really... Uh, it's disheartening and, and, and kind of troubling, and, and the, the comparison to QAnon is, is really spot on, where it's like just really – I don't remember it like this. I really don't remember it like this when I was first getting into this, um, you know. And, and, and don't get me wrong. There are plenty of people in UFO world who are, who are upbeat and, <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and friendly and nice and welcoming and stuff. But there's certainly this dark cloud over the community that's very, like uh, – I, I wonder sometimes if it's like this sort of thing where they've just, they're just burned out. Like they've been chasing after this thing for so long and they're just fed up and, and they, they just had enough and they're just pissed that the government won't, won't give them the answers to it. You know what I mean? Like I just don't know where – I just don't know where that vitriol comes from. I guess, I guess maybe it comes from sort of like this – you know, barely submerged subconscious thing of like no one likes being lied to. So maybe if you think you're being lied to, it makes you angry. But I don't, I don't, because you know, it's not like the government. It's not like people think the government's lying about Bigfoot or lying about. Well, some people do, but you know, you know what I'm saying. It's just not that really that super fringe, um, or lying about ghosts or or whatever. But it's like the perception that the government's lying about UFOs is pretty widespread, and I, I think maybe it, it maybe it pings in a certain way with people that it really fucking upsets them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. I, and I think too, what you're describing is arguing religion in some instances, whether they realize that or not. Um, 
I, I I get that idea with some of the people that are most aggressive towards me. I don't think, and that I see aggressive towards others, I don't think they realize how much they're arguing religion, and we're just not even discussing the same things, like those of us that are wanting to uh, inventory the fact-finding process and take a look at what we know as compared to what we're supposing, and then people that just blow up because that process itself it seems to be seen as a threat to um, whatever it is they're protecting so adamantly, you know. And and one of the most concerning aspects of it, uh, again, back to the QAnon analogy, one of the most concerning aspects of it is how easily manipulatable people like that are that yeah. – uh, Will will go to great lengths for people that will tell them what they want to be told. Yeah, it's it's absolutely absolutely. It's uh, the 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 similarities are striking and it's it's very unsettling. And one of the other things that really has come up lately, uh, in the last really like in the last year or so, is like the uh. Is 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 <laughs> we'll call it the Tucker Carlson factor, right? It's like the biggest guy pushing UFOs in the mainstream media is Tucker Carlson, and Tucker Carlson's just uh, to put it nicely, he's fucking odious, folks. And that's like the nice <laughs> that's the nicest way I I can put it. You know, the guy is the guy is just uh, he he has some he expresses some really abhorrent beliefs. In my opinion, right? I, I got to tread the line carefully here with some folks, but you know what I'm saying. It's uh, the guy's the guy's fucking odious, and it's like when did when it feels like this is like the UFO subject is being shifted into like some kind of partisan issue, or at the very least, it's like uh, and like look, I don't want to. I feel like I'm treading in. I feel like I'm like tiptoeing through a landmine field here, but like maybe maybe something that's going on here is it's like. The idea of, well, look, if we if we have a UFO segment here, maybe these people will stick around for our next guest on immigration or on the on the Derek Chauvin trial or whatever, and we'll win them over to our point of view because there are countless stories about people who people whose fathers and and and, and parents and shit watched got hooked on Fox News and then fucking became brainwashed. Okay, and and that's the truth. There's a movie about it. There's a movie about some some dude's dad who who got hooked on Rush Limbaugh and and Fox News, and and, and his politics completely went 180 like over the course of a year. Um, I mean, this this is a bona fide propaganda fucking machine, Fox News. Um, and and anyone who doesn't believe that is probably a Fox News watcher. Um, so to me, it's like okay, like why is this fucking this insidious propaganda channel being the one to push the UFO phenomenon so hard. And, I mean, again, it's kind of like goes back to the Benamich thing where it's like we don't, we may not know why Tucker Carlson's the face of UFOs in the mainstream media. But to me, it's like something's rotten in the state of Denmark with that whole thing. Something is, something is, uh, doesn't, doesn't quite sit right with me, and I don't know 
you know, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, and and it wouldn't be the first time by any means that um, lesser personalities like on the radio circuit and the paperback circuit in the 90s and um, the, you know, previous decades have uh, had just um, wildly nationalist and anti-Semitic views that found an audience by carrying on about UFOs. And it, it's happened in the past. And uh, f- funny, you mentioned that about, you know, um, stick around for our, you know, uh, segment on immigration among the materials that I'm looking at as I study about NICAP, one of their original founders, a, a man named Arnold Kruckman that was at the original meetings, one of the things he was concerned about was that he thought perhaps he could market a magazine to American youth that would be interested in UFOs and that he could uh, somehow sell patriotism was the way he worded it. And uh, one of the things he was concerned about, he was writing a congressman about that uh, these contactee beings, you know, supposedly people from Venus and Mars, might be in the country illegally and that he was lobbying ostensibly or otherwise, you know, maybe it was a PR angle, but he at least was writing congressmen to um, try to get them to be concerned about getting literal illegal aliens to register. And as I was reading that, I was like, wow, this is so wild. It's like a border wall for Mars, you know, like just, it it just happens again and again and again and again that, that, somehow um, between doing it for exploitation or just being confused and ignorant, we just keep projecting our insecurities and fears and political extremist views uh, on this topic and any number of topics, you know, not just UFOs, but yeah, when I found that, I was like, wow, you know, 70 years ago, somebody was writing a congressman about the literal illegal aliens in the country and wanted them to do something about it. And it's just like, wow, don't you guys just have anything better to be doing? Anything at all? Yeah. You know? And what's it? Yeah. And to, to continue, I guess, on my soapbox in a way, and we'll kind of I'll try to move us a little bit away from this after this, but it's like, to me, the disheartening thing, too, is, like, we saw it this week, where a lot of people in UFO world were, were rightfully and rightly uh, very happy with, uh, with the Chauvin verdict, right? Uh, you know, justice was served. This guy's going to jail, and, and rightfully so. Um, you know, he murdered, he murdered George Floyd. So, but, but then... UFO, UFO world, uh, the same people like who are in UFO world who are, who are expressing those views then have no problem with, with Tucker Carlson being the face of UFOs in the mainstream news. It's like to me, it's like, look, you can't have it both ways. 
you can't you can't really have it both ways. But there's a thing with 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 flying saucer fans that's like anyone they'll take any fucking ally they can get. They'll take any ally they can get, no matter how problematic, no matter how troublesome. Um, you know, if, if they're if, if the person's pro pro UFO, then then they're willing to look past apparently a fucking a lot. They're willing to look past a lot, and it's like, oh man, you know, it, 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 if if people in UFO world wonder why I'm disappointed with the community, that's a big part of it. It's like. You, you need to. They talk about policing the hucksters and shit like that, but you need to police really uh, who's who's sort of who's co-opting this subject for 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 God knows why. Yeah, and and the lack of memory of what's happened in the past. That it's like, um, dude, that says a Native American mummy was an alien in a picture. Uh, the the whole the whole gig goes up in smoke. Then he comes out with something else, and everybody says, "Hang on, let's hear him out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I mean, we can't dismiss somebody just on um, being blatantly arrogant and wrong in the past. Okay, not. You can't dismiss them on that alone, but you can give them the burden of needing to come up with something real important real fast, you know, that, that, that like, you got two strikes, buddy, if not three and all the way to the shower as far as I'm concerned. And so you you need to, you need to get, you need to impress me real quick. I'm not waiting through a, a uh, 480 page book here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, it's a very interesting time for the UFO subject. Um it's certainly like more popular uh, again though, like you speak to the thing about people need to have a memory. It's like, yes, it seems to people like this is way more popular than it's ever been before and people are taking it more seriously than ever before, but it's like they had fucking congressional hearings on UFOs, like in the 50s or 60s. They had a UN hearing on UFOs. They they had Project Blue Book. They had the Condon Report, you know, which which very well could be like the precursor to whatever we're going to see from the Pentagon later this year. It's like a lot of this stuff's already happened before, and just because it's being reported on more, just because there's more stories on it, because there's more media and everything, doesn't necessarily mean that that uh we're in uncharted waters here because a lot of this stuff's happened already yeah there's a writer that says to me all the time a writer i know that they say it's all happened before and that's just pretty much their take on whatever the latest news is and uh you know so it is like so where does this leave me like you you have friends, I have friends, people we like, people we respect that have extraordinary stories about things that have happened to them. And to me that it it's just kind of like I just don't know. It's it's okay to say I don't know what happened to them. I don't know what they saw. And 
that doesn't change what we're both saying here, that there are people that we can point at and name, not just hypothetically say, that are really shady around this subject. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and it's, uh, yeah, well, it's an interesting, very, very interesting uh, state of affairs right now. Do you... At the risk of putting you on the spot, I meant to mention this to you before <laughs> before we did uh, the show. But do you have any? If if uh, and, and you can you can again, I was like, oh, we don't want to say anything that, that you know because the stories are falling. But I, I, it could be kind of fun. I'll predict also. So just so we're both uh, we're both in in the bucket on this one. But do you have any sort of prediction for what this this thing is going to this report is going to look like later on this year? Oh, sure, sure. Um... I think it'll be late. I I think it'll be – my first prediction would be a long time coming. And by late, I don't mean early July or August. I mean um, maybe a year or two, maybe more. uh, Really? I, I do because I'm kind of of the opinion of like um. It, it's in, it was in a bill from Congress, and, like, who's going to make anybody do anything? If they say, yeah, we're still working on it, who's going to do anything about it? it, it yeah. That's that's one of my, my – like, that, I think, will be one of the first lines of defense. I could certainly be wrong. Whether it comes out, though, in oh, mid-July, August, September, or, you know, three years from now or never, if it comes out, I I think that it will, uh, like you said, I think it'll be stuff we've seen before. I think it'll uh, be vague. It it will, uh, it will not have the answers that people are hoping it has. I don't think it'll have anything conclusive. I, I think that, uh, there will be an unclassified report that basically is we're on top of it. We take it seriously. We're looking into it. Um, What do you expect us to say other than that about air national security? You know? Yeah. Um, What do you think, Tim? Yeah, you're pretty much, I hadn't really considered the part about the lateness of it, although I've heard, like sort of rumor that that it won't be ready by June or something like that, but you, you know who knows what to believe. Uh, the, the rumor mill of ufology nowadays is, is churning like the Hoover Dam. But the uh, so I, I hadn't really considered that until you said that. But you're right. It's like if they don't release the report in June, like they're quote unquote supposed to, um, there doesn't seem to be any enforcement arm of it. I guess I don't know the Senate. The Senate the Senate Intelligence Committee, but the Senate Intelligence Committee is under a whole different group than was who put it in the bill in the first place. So I guess the point being, and again, this could, this could come down to like a partisan issue. We've seen Marco Rubio. He's kind of become UFO boy uh, in the Senate. Um, and I think Mark Meadows – not Mark Meadows. But there's somebody else I think on the um, on the Democrat side, but he's not nearly as vocal about it. Um, but no, me, it's not. like – I think you know who I mean. I forget his name. Um, 
but I, I yeah, just had it up on the You're computer. absolutely right. The Republicans and Rubio are much more vocal about it, and I could see where um, Biden appointed intelligence directors just don't even return Rubio's calls, you know? Like, what's he going to do about it, hypothetically, you know? Right. So that's that's part of it with, that, that I think people um, don't consider. And I think on the overarching part of this, too, um, before I get to the report, I, I expressed an interest to a lot of people uh, at the end of the year where it's like, okay, a lot of people think that whatever the fuck's going on here, at the very least, the at the very least, right? The regardless of whether it's aliens or drones or things we don't know, like the, there's people in the government who are like in charge of this. So when the administration changed, ostensibly there was like a turnover in a lot of these positions. So the entire stance on a lot of this stuff could have changed. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this train could have been down, going down one track up until January, and now it could have been diverted. And, and, and you know, maybe we'll get a report in June that kind of, like, neatly ties this up in a bow, and that's the last we hear about government interest in UFOs for a long, for a long time. You know what I'm saying? That's entirely uh, possible. I'm sure there are people in UFO world who are – tearing their hair out and calling me naive or whatever, but it's like, again, I'm open to all possibilities here. <laughs> like, uh, this is the I, biggest I, story ever. Yeah. Right, right. So as far as the report goes, I think it's going to be kind of like what you said, where they're going to be like, yeah, we, we, you know, we know about these things. We can't explain them. Um, you know, that's it. What do you want us to say? Like, uh, I don't think – I just don't think that they're going to go anywhere near like aliens. So I think I think everyone who, anyone who thinks they're going to anyone who thinks this report's going to be like we're not alone, there's aliens, like is going to be is going to be disappointed. Um, like believe me, that would be again. That would be. <laughs> I want to live in exciting times. So that would be fucking awesome. Like, like, like if the report came out and they're like, yeah, look, we've looked at this and we're pretty, like, 99% sure it's aliens. They'd be like, what? Holy shit, they said that. Holy shit, you know? So I would be, I, I would be a huge fan of that turn of events. But uh, I, I've girded my loins to, to not expect that and, and more expect, like, like you were saying, along the lines of, like, hey, we don't know what these things are, um, you know, but we're looking into it. And I think that the big – thing after that, which you'll see um, from UFO World in a way, and it will all depend on how this report is framed and and what impact it has on 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 the public, because uh, the thing will be like they want like UFO enthusiasts and, and believers they want this to springboard into action, some kind of action. You know what I mean? Really. Uh, like I think, I think they envision like a Project Blue Book redux, essentially, um, where something where like there's the, the, a transparent government study into UFOs or something like that, and it's like whether or not that comes to fruition really depends on, uh, you know, the, how the report's framed and how the public reacts to it. I think that's the real yeah what, what to watch yeah. for. 
Um, you know, because the report, like, look at the the Condon report came out, and the whole thing was like they shut down Blue Book. So, so it's like, who knows? This report could come out, and they could be like, yeah, well, we want to, because uh, the the. the the thing that trips up, I think, a lot of people is like the government is looking at these weird cases and shit. So they just don't tell you about it. So like they just want the, the, the UFO people just want the government to to tell us about what <laughs> about these things, and it's not advantageous for them to tell us what they're seeing. Yeah, and the the argument that Blue Book was a sham is really very similar to the the situation with the ATIP and what at least the people that claim to have been associated with it, you know, this more recent Pentagon UFO program, that they say there were people in the government that were against it and said shut it down. Well, my understanding from, you know, reading firsthand accounts and declassified documents Uh, on Blue Book is that the Air Force did not feel that its resources were being used wisely. And when uh, Dr. Condon at the University of Colorado was commissioned to do an independent study of the, the Blue Book cases and the UFO evidence, that he was instructed to shut it down you know, and this will be the the reason we cite as to why we're closing Blue Book is, you know, renowned, respectable, respectable physicist says there's nothing to it. Well, understandably, NICAP and the UFO community and the UFO enthusiasts said, well, you know, that's a crappy way to do. You didn't even try, and, and you know, that's a cover-up. But the argument could equally be made, we're sick of riding around asking people what they saw and writing up reports and filing them. You know, yeah. like, we, we just got nothing significant. And if it is the Air Force's belief that there's not a threat and there's uh, not uh, a uh, foreign aircraft, we could see them um, wanting to just end the project. And like I say, um, if, if the argument from the TTSA personnel was uh, our voices were trying to get stifled. The Pentagon didn't want us to pursue, quote, unquote, the phenomenon. Well, if the best evidence for it is what they've given us, I don't blame their boss for saying find something else to work on. You, you know? I, I mean, yeah. that argument could be made. Yeah, yeah. We got to spread this stuff around. Let's put it on the Internet. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this? Well, it's, I've often said uh, on this show and other shows and stuff, it's like greatest fucking military in the world, right? We pay all these taxes and shit. It's like the cameras are no better than the fucking ring doorbell. Like, I'm not (laughs) seeing anything. I'm not seeing anything. You can get a better picture with a ring doorbell on these jets. 
I don't know what I don't know what the fuck they're paying. <laughs> I don't know what they're I don't know where the money's going, but it certainly isn't going into cameras because uh <laughs> I can see I can see way better shit uh from stuff I can get at Radio Shack. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, Schaefer says, doesn't the Navy have any cameras? Yeah, Robert Schaefer. And l- last night, you know, for for the uh, the SpaceX launch, there was a private company with a satellite. Uh, they tweeted it a thousand miles southeast of Cape Canaveral off the coast of Florida that um, – uh, turned it its camera eye and just got a good shot of the landing pad a thousand miles out and yeah. and like I say tweeted it and like that really does make you think okay what the hell when the best you can give us is some some grainy photo of something maybe five miles away flying around you know right and it goes back to the idea too like. Okay, look, maybe someone can explain this to me. Maybe I don't know if you, I, I don't think you can. I don't think you're like hooked up into the into the uh national uh intelligence agency or whatever, but it's like, okay. So you got a pilot, he's up in the air, he sees a fucking weird object, right? Like he can't he like he he radios down to the boss or whatever. Like they can't contact someone to turn like I'm sure the government has satellites of equal or better value than that private company, and it's like so. Wait a minute. So the, well, I would hope. Um, so like wait. So the so the government can't turn their satellite and go. Oh shit! We got it. <laughs> we got one. We got this guy just encountered one. We got one. Flip the satellite over to fucking the airspace over Guam where this guy is flying right now, so we can get a look at this thing. With the super clear, uh, you know, super twenty six five thousand satellite or whatever that that can that can right. read the date on a dime. It's like, why aren't they? Why aren't they looking? Why aren't they looking? And if they are, then then, you know, uh, that shit's completely unavailable to us. So for reasons that people can draw their own conclusion. But it seems yeah. it seems an awful suspect to me. Along those lines, and we've kind of been hitting all around it. I almost brought it up a few minutes ago. What is it that that you expect the Air Force to do differently if you say we got a UAP at two o'clock than if you just say we've got um, radar paint at two o'clock? Can you take a look at what that is? And says I don't know. It kind of looks like whatever. Uh, maybe a balloon, maybe, oh, well, it's gone. I don't know where it went. What would you do different about that if you called it a UFO than if you call it UAP or a drone? Like, what do you expect the Air Force to do differently about potential air incursions or threats if they have a Project Blue Book than if they just have, you know, the national... Uh, uh, defense air, uh, you know, that the, they're monitoring. What do you expect them to do differently if you call it UAP? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because regardless of what it is, there's only so much you can do. Um, you know, it's probably 
Yeah, uh, it's not like NORAD doesn't monitor airspace, you know. Yeah, and it's like inadvisable for <laughs> for them for for anyone to like shoot on these things or anything like that. So it's like all you can really do is collect information. So uh yeah, it's a interesting conundrum. So, but yeah, you're right. Well, it was Mark Werner is the now he's the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee. So, and he's spoken out about the UFO thing. So, I I think what would be what will be interesting to see because I that that rumor about the about the delay in the report uh, that made some mainstream news because I was googling here to try and find uh, Mark Warner's name, and and I guess that'll be an interesting litmus test if the report is late um, to really gauge the public's actual emotional investment in this topic. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think you and I, uh, we're, we're a little more <laughs> grounded in reality, but it's like, uh, let me just see here, percentage of people in America on Twitter. So let's, <laughs> oh, let me see. I can't find the exact, I don't have it in front of me, but, oh, one in five U.S. adults say they use Twitter. So 22%. So, so. When you see a whole lot of excitement on Twitter in a very small niche group on Twitter, you're talking about like one percent of the population. So, uh, and among not, those, I think a lot of them run, you know, ten and fifteen accounts each. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially, yeah, especially in 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 on UFO Twitter. So, the I, I guess the point being like. It, it, it seems it, when you're in the community, it may seem like this is this is the most important issue in the world, um, because to a lot of those folks, it is. Um, and I don't begrudge them for that. That's their. That's you know, I I like the Red Sox, so <laughs> so so we all we all have our passions. Um, but but if if the report is late, it would be it will be an interesting litmus test of how much the public is really interested in all this because let's say like okay june comes and goes and the and the report doesn't show up and you know they say oh it's going to be six months if there's not like a whole bunch of outrage if they just keep dragging their feet and nobody and the only people who complain are are ufo twitter like that may not be enough to to move the needle um i don't i don't necessarily think people are really going to be that uh I don't think that the general public's really going to be that upset if the if if they just keep dragging their feet on the report or if the report's a whitewash or or the report doesn't give anyone any any answers to if the report doesn't say aliens, right? Like if the report doesn't say aliens, like the main the, most people in the mainstream are going to be like, "Well, what do you expect? Government's never going to tell us anyway." And that that'll be it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they do get kind of in a no-win situation like that. Like I was just saying about Blue Book, um, if we shut it down, they're going to complain. And uh, if we go on endlessly um, documenting UFO reports and saying we got nothing, they're going to complain. And... It's an interesting thing you bring up about the percentage on Twitter and all, too, and, um, you know, how much pushback is, is the government getting and, and 
you know, the director of national intelligence? And does he care? Is, is that even a significant concern to him as compared to, you know, what the president thinks about his job performance? Is it issue? And, uh, but, but talking about, you know, percentages of people, if you went to your closest strip mall and randomly asked 100 people to uh, tell you something about the forthcoming UAP report, I, I bet it'd be a pretty small percentage that would know what you were talking about or even could have a even a vague explanation of what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, would be my guess. <laughs> I, I would I would totally agree. Um, yeah, there's a perception within UFO world that this is a much bigger – because it gets a lot of mainstream attention like every few months. But one of the things I've joked on the show about, it's like drives me up the fucking wall, and I saw it like recently too, where it's like the, the same thing just gets repeated over and over again. A lot of times these people on Twitter, not UFO Twitter, just general mainstream non-UFO people on Twitter, they – they make the same joke where it's like, oh, the government just said UFOs are real, but no one cares. Ha, 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 ha. And this is – like it happens every time there's a new UFO story. So it's, so yeah. it's like it's, – it's like – look at I, I suppose uh, there are people who are like, disclosure is happening. It's happened. And it's like, look at If this is fucking disclosure, apparently nobody cares because they just get – they just go, oh, okay, the government just said UFOs are real. Let's move on, you know. Now we now, <laughs> yeah, now we don't really eat those fries. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's almost yeah, like, like and I, I I think you've said this to me before where it's like the the uh the people <laughs> the people the people who seem to freak out the most about disclosure are the dis- <laughs> the disclosure activists, not the general public. They seem far less <laughs> freaked out by the whole thing than than anyone might Absolutely. have originally thought. Absolutely. The ones that are hyperventilating about that the public is going to freak out about disclosure are the people saying the public's going to freak out. Um, I, I don't see the public overly, you know, in a state of anxiety about it. Not at all. Uh, like, this too is how you get just so many loose-end stories that run around crazy. Like, it, you know, most of us that uh, have some degree of public persona, no matter how small it might be, as a writer or a blogger or, you know, occasionally as a guest on a podcast, it's not unusual then, you know, at some kind of family gathering or party or, or you know, event that somebody will say, oh, yeah, UFOs, and then, like, to just try to, to to act interested or knowledgeable, they'll say something like, you know, the, the government has, uh, you know, material they got from, from crashes. I read about it in the newspaper. And then that's the kind of thing that, you know, I'll just be like, yeah, and, and just, like, I don't even, you know, like, you don't want to just constantly be, you know, bringing everybody down about well actually yeah um, yeah yeah <laughs> you know and, and and but like yeah you get all of these um 
half-baked, you know, uh, assumptions now from all of these time stories and everything that, you know, we're now three and a half years in and almost everything that was in that December 2017 story um, hasn't panned out. And you got the intelligence community releasing statements. Um, the the organization that was supposed to be such a big deal, PTSA, is disbanded for all practical purposes. And we're still going to have people at parties five years from now going, oh, yeah, they said they're real. And, and it's like, what do you even say to that, you know? Yeah. You just kind of marvel at the fact that, like, <laughs> somehow – Somehow, for a segment of the population, like disclosures happened, and they don't give a fuck, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? That's, yeah. that's that's the that I'd mean, be interested to sort of know that that percentage, but I think that is part of it. Where it's like, I mean, I looked at a I looked at a thing, uh, you know, today I saw headlines like government admits UFOs are real. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and people are reading this shit, and it's like, okay, at some point it kind of like gets into their head. It's like. Okay, the government said that UFOs are real, but they don't know what they are. I think that's going to end up being maybe the other side of this tunnel we're going down. But, you know, well, yeah, we'll, 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 what difference does that make? They've always said UFOs are real. UFOs is, UFOs yeah, is like a fucking like, right, intangible concept. Like, yeah, to, for, to harp one last time on what would you do different if you called it a UFO than a, you know, aircraft at 2 o'clock? Um I mean, they, they, they've they always monitored airspace and been concerned about uh, what they see, and there's always been things that a lack of information, at the least, causes them to never be explained as to what they are. Like in my own sighting case, that's what we would have to call it, is I don't know, man, it was 40 years ago. I never was able to find out. That doesn't mean it was extraordinary necessarily. It means we don't have enough information to identify it. And that's a tough one to work around that uh, pretty much any unexplained story is a lack of enough information. Now, that uh, that explanation might turn out to be extraordinary in in a small percentage of cases. I couldn't say it necessarily won't, but it really does just come down to, and I, I think that's why Blue Book wanted out and maybe even the people cutting the checks for ATIP, that, that we're just saying, you know, there's just not enough information what, what else can you add to it than that? Right, right. And you, you raise like another sort of again. We, we've kind of hammered this point, but it bears repeating in a sense. Where it's like, what would you like the government to do? Like, go to war with these? If let's because <laughs> okay, we start with the premise that these are aliens, right? Because that's really no one wants to say it, but that's what everybody fucking wants it to be, right? Not you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In in, in general terms, right? Because like when they say. When people say UFOs, they really mean aliens um, more often than not. So, non-human intelligence, yeah, they do. Sure, yeah, they could be from anywhere, but yeah, I use alien as sort of like the overarching, like yeah, otherworldly beings. 
Um, okay, so so they're otherworldly beings. What would you like the fucking government to do? Like shoot them down? You want to go to war with the otherworldly beings? We don't even <laughs> like we we're we probably ill-equipped to go to war with the otherworldly beings. So like that's probably you don't antagonize like <laughs> a, 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 what, what appears to be some kind of superior. Uh, race of people, technology-wise, or whatever. Okay, so that's one option. Okay, well, what else do you want to do then if we can't go to war with them? Well, we want to talk to the otherworldly beings. The otherworldly beings don't want to fucking talk to us. If the otherworldly beings want to talk to us, they would talk to us. Like, they would, it's the old, like, land on the White House lawn. Clearly, they don't want to, <laughs> they don't want, they don't want anything to do with us except for whatever the fuck they're doing with us. Like, they have no interest in, in pulling us up to their level, communicating with us, uh, bringing us into the fold of, of intergalactic space brotherhood or any like that. Otherwise, they would have. And, and I suppose you could take it, if you want to go further, that's when you get into the conspiratorial mindset. Oh, that's what the government's doing. They're, they're preventing us from joining the interstellar brotherhood. Well, okay, fine. If that's what you believe, um, you know, more power to you. But I believe that if there's other world, otherworldly beings out there, they don't want anything to do with us. We are we are a primitive species, um, you know, and, and and dangerous one at that. So why 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 on earth, no pun intended, would the otherworldly beings want anything to do with us? That's the <laughs> that that that's the million dollar question I I would like to pose to some of the people that think. Uh, that that's some kind of end game here. Yeah, yeah, and and then you are just like we were saying. You're kind of into arguing religion. Exactly. And it's really hard to go anywhere with that, which is okay. You know, if people want to believe something, if they want to want to suppose something. But where I really just personally came to have a problem with it was that you're presenting, sometimes they, is what I mean by your, presenting your beliefs and your suppositions as if they're established facts. And you're expecting me to embrace them without proving them as fact. And and that's really problematic for a lot of reasons. And what I see a lot of, and it's long been this way in the UFO community, is they try to argue and reason and use logic to 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 just argue their point. And, and we're really not going to get anywhere with that. We never have. That yeah. There's no substitute for just establishing facts, and there's certain ways that's done, and it's not through answering a question with a question or moving the goalposts or saying, well, what about this? How come they won't release this document if they're not hiding anything? Because there's a million reasonable answers to why they won't release that document other than uh, – Jackie Gleason met aliens or whatever you know, the, going, the yeah. going thing is. So, yeah, point well taken, Tim. Um, well, that's an interesting segue in a sense to uh, – you posted a blog post back in February that I really liked a lot. Um, 
and uh, titled Discerning Truth, where you did sort of a survey of uh, writers and podcasters uh, from the UFO world um, and asking them, uh, you know, how do we know what's true and what's not? How do we keep an open mind without making ourselves vulnerable to lies, opportunists, and cult-like thinking, which, I, which is really a lot of the a lot of sort of the concerns we've been talking about here tonight. So I guess that I got to turn that question around on you and ask you cuz uh, I don't think you actually answered the question in the <laughs> in the blog post. So um you know, how how do we or how do you, you know, what's your advice I guess for the greater for the greater community if you will. Um you know, how do we discern what's true and what's not and how do we keep an open mind without opening ourselves up to, to these vulnerabilities? Well, I have really appreciated Sarah Scholes' work on that. I think that she articulates well and concisely, and I've come to uh, adopt some of her um, lines on that. And one I really like is that she once made a statement about when she – first read the uh, December 2017 article in the Times that, like many people, it interested her, and she said something to the effect of that she decided to make an effort to go point by point and find evidence to support or evidence to refute each of the assertions. So I think that's a really good good way to go is when we look at an article or we hear someone's statement, are they making an assertion? And if they are, it, 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 that's more than just saying I think or I feel like or my belief is. If they're asserting something to be true, they should be able to give supporting evidence in proportion to the substance of the assertion. And so, of course, with um, debris from UFOs and alien presence and non-human presence, um, which is what they're saying with they're not ours and they're not foreign aircraft. Right, uh, right. That demands a, a lot of supporting evidence. So I, I think that we need to look at if somebody's stating a belief or stating an assertion, and then what are their uh, points that they give for that? Do they give any? Do they just make an argument about why you should believe them? Do they just have a story that's hearsay about so-and-so told me and they knew because of such-and-such, and and so now you know and you can believe too? Uh, what, What is their chain of custody of this evidence? How do they show it to be true? And I just think that, and I appreciate, Sarah, for that remark about you seek evidence to support or evidence to refute the statement. And it, it's even kind of self-evident in itself that if you're having to go seek that evidence, then they haven't established it. You know, like right, the fact right. you're even having to go look for it. But 
Uh, I hope that adequately answers your question. And any thoughts you have on it, I'd appreciate as well. Yeah, I I, I remember sharing it at the article at the time. I forget exactly what I I kind of chimed in with my two cents, but I I forget what the first part of what I said was. But I know the second part was like, just don't, just try not to. This would be my advice for you. Like, just try not to be so personally invested in this. That would be it, because I think you lose objectivity that way. Like, try to have a sense of humor about this, and and just try to, just try to have fun with this, and not, <laughs> not not have this be like a live or die situation, because it really isn't. Um, and and that I mean I feel I honestly like I sometimes just feel bad for people that like just really really care about this so much because to me it's like ah oh, geez you know this, these fucking UFOs man they will break your heart they will break your heart so yeah <laughs> that's 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 always sort of my my concern in a way and it's like I've grown I mean look I was really personally invested in this when I first got into this and I was I was really kind of in 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 line with. Um, you know, a lot of the mindset you see today from people who were kind of like have that chip on their shoulder and they're like angry about this. Like when I first got into this, I was kind of angry about it. But then the more I grew into the subject and learned more about it and everything, I the sort of hard, I, like I, I became more hardened and cynical about a lot of it. And it was like, you know, I just, it's, <laughs> it, it I guess I, I came to sort of just uh, I, I no longer see the UFOs as my friend in a way, where it's like these these things are just troublemakers, <laughs> whatever they are, and and you know I, I'm not, uh, and and I think I've said this before on the show. I think I even mentioned this when I was talking to Adam a couple of weeks ago. It's like you you see like uh everybody knows I'm a Stan Friedman guy. I love Stan. It's like uh and he he gave his life to this subject and he he died without ever getting any answers to it. So it's like as you as you're in this longer and you see more people you know like uh who gave decades to this and they go and they never get the answer or anything. It's like at some point you kind of become resigned to like okay, this that's not the answer isn't the isn't the the, the point. You know, or at least it shouldn't be the be-all and end-all because, like, odds are you're going to end up just like everybody else and, and leave this earth not knowing exactly what these things are. And the sooner you make peace with that, the sooner you can, like, mentally have a clearer picture of what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah, like it's a damn good thing the road is better than the end, huh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because we're not getting anywhere with the uh, with the resolution. But you saying, you know, about um, taking it too serious and all, every now and then I'll do one of those blog posts where I'll invite several people to contribute a few hundred words and, a few years ago, I invited Robert Schaefer to make a contribution, and he did. And one of the things he said was um, something to the effect of, it would be okay if MUFON would just say it does UFO entertainment. You know, like, don't claim it's science and just have a UFO for fun group, and nobody would care. 
you know, then you can like do whatever you want with your UFO people. And I used to say that, you know, you're aware that, you know, I uh, was uh, anti, you know, hypnosis as a memory retrieval tool. And I, I had that same attitude about when you call it science and when you claim you're doing investigation, you don't see me complaining about using hypnosis at the Hypnosis Society. I'm complaining about it at a scientific <laughs> organization. Yeah, and so if they just say this is just a soccer club for fun, well, fine. Knock yourself out, you know. Um, so, yeah, your your point's well taken that, you know, it, it could be fun and it could be entertaining and they could explore a lot of possibilities. And, you know, like we like to do when we have a campfire in the woods and look at the stars and talk about possibilities. But when we start asserting those possibilities as the truth and at a podium under the guise of science and yada, 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 it, it, it starts to become exploited. I mean, it becomes an opportunity for people. And as we started uh, discussing at the beginning, it's dangerous when people are so easily led that they're so vested in um, carrying people on their shoulders that will say what they want them to say that that it just becomes a complete partisan argument without um, seeking that evidence to support or refute, just accepting it based on what the conclusion is. Right, right. And I'm sure I'm sure this might rile up some people in uh in UFO world, but like I was thinking about this today and you kinda of touched on it earlier where it's like this is very much like a religious there's a religious fervor about this subject, and and and, and you know uh, that's being kind. You call it a cult if you want, and and I'm sure that would upset a lot of people. And to me, it's like what Don, what kind of crossed my mind today. I was thinking about all this. Was like, okay, look, if that's not the case, right? Then how the fuck can you explain to me how there are three, <laughs> at least, at least that I can think of off the top of my head, and I don't have them in right in front of me. Uh, I know, of course, of Heaven's Gate, and there was a group that like disappeared in Columbia all around the same time, like the late nineties. How come? How come there are these UFO groups that all kill themselves when there aren't? There's no. This doesn't happen in Bigfoot community. This doesn't happen in the ghost world. This doesn't happen in, in <laughs> you know, among Loch Ness monster groups and and and, and thylacine researchers. Um, you know, there aren't <laughs> UFOs is the only realm of the paranormal that seems to inspire fucking mass suicide. So, I mean, what what is that all about? Like, how do you <laughs> how how do you how do you even wrap your mind around that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, to me. It speaks to this that there's, there's a religiosity to it, but I, I'd be interested in your take on that. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, and there are certainly religious groups. Um, you visited some of them, I, I've gathered from your other podcasts, and and had a look around. That that like that's what their religion is. Is right. you know, space brothers. 
and the, you know, there's a tie-in to all of that with Mormonism and Scientology and a number of um, what have come to be recognized as even relatively mainstream religions that um, have stories in them of uh, aliens or at least otherworldly, you know, creatures or entities that, that gave messages. And, yeah, it just does speak to the um, the nuance of uh, a, a bigger-than-life, a universal thing that, that it gets baked into the narrative that uh, – if, if we kill ourselves, we'll go join the spaceship that's coming with the comet, and that's just how you get on board is, is to leave your mortal body. Uh, just does speak to the lack of rationality and uh, the compromising one step at a time, you know, if this, then that. You 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 begin to uh, look at things that authority figures lie to you about, and you can certainly find them. But then the lack of logic that has to to work that way to say, well, then everything they tell me is a lie, or you can selectively start choosing what's a lie and what it means, and and just subjectively build your your narrative however you want. Um, like a really good example of that one is uh, sometimes I'll say the uh, mind control crowd or the targeted individual crowd, um, they had their disclosure. They had their 1970s congressional hearings and the mind control programs were outed and yes it's a reality mk ultra is real well that still doesn't mean that every claim everybody has is accurate but it sure gets blamed a lot for um, whatever conspiracy you want to insert that again like if you're just subjectively deciding what your reality is and what authority figures are lying about. They just say, well, you know, there was MK Ultra, as if that means fill in the blank about some other accusation against the CIA or the White House or the, you know, president yeah. or the congressman or whatever. And, yeah, it, it definitely speaks to a whole – uh, religious and universal mindset that that the alien thing just goes hand in hand with it. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it, yeah, it's the part that troubles me, I guess, too, is to kind of like what I was saying, where it's like, look, if there are people that to them. Like the the Chicago Bears is their religion, or whatever you know what I mean. <laughs> but, but sure. But but no one. But 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 this 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 field seems to attract uh, you know a very very uh, a very thank, thankfully sort of a very small portion of people that are that are uh, you know that that can be pushed over the edge and and do and and take their own lives. Uh, you know often often. 
under the under the assumption that somehow this is gonna, this is going to open themselves up to the aliens. So it's like yeah. ugh, it's worrisome. It's worrisome. Fortunately, I think I, I I would like to think that a lot of that. I don't know what the. I guess maybe it was like Y2K, end of the millennium, or new millennium hysteria, like that late 90s thing. But like that all sort of happened in the late 90s, where a lot of these groups, uh, these three different groups, like all all uh, committed mass suicide. So it's like, jeez, you know, <laughs> what? Why would you? It's worrisome. And it all, yeah, and it all cycles. Like um, y- you would think that. Uh, Many of us may have thought that um, with our country where it was and, um, you know, the year of our Lord, 2016, that we were past a majority of people um, or a lot of people, I'll put it that way, a significant number of people um, being so vested in hating people that didn't look like they did. And uh, yeah. turns out I think I was wrong about that, that uh, um, if, if they start to think that there's a movement and that they're not going to be publicly shamed for, for um, having nationalist and racist views and that promoting their race, um, believing their race is literally superior to others, it appears a lot of people will express that. And that's probably going to cycle as long as there's people, you know, um, to some extent or other. And uh, maybe the, the alien thing, too, because the UFO meme just doesn't seem to go away. It it's advantageous for con men. It's advantageous for the intelligence community to just let it kind of simmer and use it at when it needs to. You know, like we'll we'll talk about well, why would they have done this? Why would they have done that? Well, every instance has a different explanation. There's not a 70 year answer to why the CIA dealt with UFOs the way it did. You know, um, right, there's there's different circumstances, and I, I think it's always going to cycle and uh, keep getting out that story, polishing it off, and it, it's fascinating how it has a, uh, a an ability, a longevity to keep pulling people in. That when it has been 70 years of, uh, due to the recent um, flurry of events, disclosure is imminent for 70 years. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And I think I, I've, I've sort of... Uh, yeah, yeah. This has been a very disappointing year as far as like our <laughs> our fellow Americans, um, and a very disappointing like five years really. But but it kind of culminated last year, and it's like to me, I've said this on the show before too, where it's just like, look, if 2020 was a litmus test for if we're ready to know about aliens, like there's no fucking way we're ready to know about aliens because 
We, we can't even agree to wear a mask. We can't even – we had an alien invasion. It was called the coronavirus, and, and <laughs> we completely fucked it up. So why, why would I want uh, – <laughs> why, why would I ever want aliens to show up, dude? That, that to me is like – if anything, the coronavirus may be like anti-alien disclosure because it's like I, <laughs> I really don't want to be wrapped up in, in, in this political debate about whether we should go to war with the aliens or whether we should set aside North Dakota for the aliens to come and live. <laughs> and it's like it's just not – it's just – I just uh, – we oh, don't need another yeah. wedge issue to, to divide this world. District 9. Oh, I know. Yeah, like with the COVID, it's like, well, so much for saying, using the uh, figure of speech, avoid it like the plague, because it turns out we don't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, the, the whole, I mean, obviously there'll be whole books written about the, the COVID pandemic, but it's, to me, it was very instructive about like what, what, how we how we react to how we as a country, how we as a world, sort of react to a threat. Um, and it's like the old thing where uh, somebody was mentioning like Reagan in the chat, where it was like the old Reagan thing, where it's like if the aliens came, we I'd like to think we'd band together and 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 fend them off or or whatever, deal with the situation. I don't, you know, I can't quote him exactly, but you know what I'm saying. You remember that famous thing? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, look at we saw, we saw, we we don't do well with crises. Like we just don't do we just don't do well. Look at the people. Look at all the, uh, you know, look at look at global warming and everything. Um, we can't even we can't even agree on that. So to me, uh. I don't know. I think if there was going to be UFO closure, the best time to do it would have been like the late 90s. It seemed like there was a lot, the Cold War was over. Uh, there didn't seem to be as much international geopolitical tension. That might have been the time to like to try and pull some kind of move. But nowadays, I don't know. I feel like if anything happened, it would be very it would be politicized like overnight. So and then 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 you don't know what to believe. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you had mentioned earlier um, that uh, wherever the issue falls, you know, we had a change of administration, and whatever consequences it had, that would be a consequence, absolutely, with changing the heads of intelligence agencies. When you brought that up earlier... I was thinking about, um, and I think that Tom DeLonge and probably his PTSA associates were completely anticipating that um, Hillary Clinton was going to be the president at the time they were um, planning to have TTSA. And so whatever consequences that had, it, wh- however important, big or small they may have been, there were consequences to that. Yeah. It would seem to me. One would think, yeah. Yeah. It would, that, I, I was always under the impression that was the case as well, that, uh, that whatever was cooking leading into the 2016 election as far as UFOs and Tom DeLonge and a lot of uh, – 
whatever whatever was going on there was headed in one direction, kind of like I said about the train switching tracks, where it was like headed in one direction, yeah. and then, uh, like a lot of people, because I, I remember, uh, you know, I had Steve Bassett on the show, like, a couple months before, like maybe a month before the election in 2016, and he was in, to, insistent. I had to keep mentioning Trump. I had to keep saying, like, okay, well, what about, what about, you know, well, what if it goes the other way? What if Trump wins? And he was just, like, insistent that there was no possible way that could happen um, uh, and that, that, that it was a, this was a fait accompli and that Hillary was going to be president. Um, you know, no, just, it, was, it was a done deal. So let's start, let's start putting our minds together on how we're going to work on getting her to tell the truth about UFOs. And it was particularly exciting because she, you know, she – Gives off that I'm I'm informed on UFOs. She's got the she's got UFO cred because she says yeah, UAP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they had a history with it. Yeah, yeah. So it was like this was all the stars were aligned. No pun intended. All the stars were aligned for for what seemed to be a real, uh, you know, again, no pun intended, a real disclosure movement. And you know, uh. Clearly, clearly, whatever whatever hopes and dreams were pinned to a Hillary Clinton presidency never came to fruition. Um, we're, we're near the end. I'm going to hold you just for like five minutes, Acker. Hope you don't mind. Absolutely, man. Long All right, let long. me let me run through the list here, guys, uh, gals in the chat room. Uh, Chris Pinio, Jim Lydica, Miriam Hamlet, Sasquara down in Australia. Uh, we have fun official. That's Chris um, Zach Copley and Eaten by Bears was in earlier. Um, and uh, eaten by bears thought I wasn't harsh enough on Tucker Carlson. Believe me, I hate Tucker Carlson, so <laughs> I just I just don't want to get sued by Tucker Carlson or, or you know, God knows I <laughs> I don't want to run afoul of of Tucker or his fans. So we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, thanks to all those folks in the chat room. We had a really hopping chat room tonight, so uh, this was. This was great. Um, and, of course, folks can check out uh, Jack's stuff over at ufotrail.blogspot.com. Uh, his book is The Grays Have Been Framed, which is, as you may be able to surmise uh, from the title, it's about how uh, extraterrestrials are used as an excuse for a lot of stuff by the government, kind of like we were talking about earlier, uh, to cover for for other things. So that's kind of the the general idea. There's a lot of awesome stuff that's covered in there. A lot of uh, much like the Adam Gorelli book a couple of weeks ago. I would say that Jack's book is is should be required reading for like anybody in UFO world today because it really tells you a lot about the, the the behind the scenes stuff that happens and a lot of the machinations of uh, various power brokers and intelligence agencies and stuff like that who are. Uh, you know, putting their fingers in the uh, flying saucer pie. And, of course, you can find Jack on Twitter. That's where we mostly hang out, Jack and I, uh, at the UFO Trail. So just the UFO Trail on Twitter. What I like a lot that Jack does is uh, he sort of, like, posts these pearls of wisdom every day, uh, <laughs> which I, I really love them, and I, I, I enjoy, like, Sometimes I'll chime in on them. Most of the time I enjoy just sort of like reading the reaction because like sometimes you'll just say something that seems like pretty obvious and then it'll get, you know, <laughs> you know, then you'll, then you'll get a reaction from someone on there that's like, 
yeah, fuck you, Brewer. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be like, who would argue that you have to show evidence if you call it a fact? Like, yeah, like, it'll be like, this is like, you know, freshman philosophy, junior high school, and then somebody will argue it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy those, um, you know, and, and uh, yeah, so I enjoy that. So <laughs> that's where that's where people can find those pearls of wisdom, uh, the UFO trail on Twitter. So uh, thank you to all the uh, – thank you to all the folks. <laughs> Sasquatch in the chat room says, thanks, Tina and Jack. So I think that was a typo. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, thanks to all the folks who listened live. Thanks to all the uh, – all the people uh, who uh, will be checking us out on the MP3 uh, later. I'm going to hold Jack for just a few, uh, just a few more minutes. All right, so there, there goes, uh, there goes the live audience. Uh, one, one sort of thing that I do, we, we touched on earlier, but I, I kind of want to, I want to just thank you, Jack, because you've let me kind of rant a lot and go on my soapbox, and I don't really get a chance to sort of weigh in on a lot of these heady. UFO topics uh, <laughs> very often, so I appreciate your patience in, in letting me sort of un- <laughs> unload my mind about where things are at right now. Um, oh, absolutely. I've enjoyed it. But the w- one thing that you've mentioned in, in one of these Pearls of Wisdom um, and that I totally agree with, and I don't, I, I don't have it in front of me. It was a while ago, but it, caused, it, kicked, up, it kicked up a little bit of a hornet's nest where it was sort of like Look, you can take you can you can take a witness account of something, and and you I guess the I guess the sort of the point of it was like that you, you, you witnesses are fallible, kind of like what we talked about earlier. Um, that that you know that what somebody reports may not necessarily be correct. I'm not just talking about like navy pilots. I'm talking about everyday people on the street and people who who see things or have, have seen things, you know, have had experiences, even if it's like, uh, you know, they think an alien came into their bedroom or whatever. Um, it's like, look, you can – there's nothing wrong with <laughs> with expressing doubt or or sort of having some healthy skepticism about someone's story. It's that, like it's not – I get why the person might take it personally, and I feel bad about that, but, but to a third uh, – Third-party people often sort of uh, take issue with that as well, and it's like I don't I don't see where that um, holds water. If that makes any sense, I think I don't know necessarily if you get what I'm trying to say, but it's sort of like you know I think you said something along the lines of what I just said, where it's like, look, you you know you can take a witness's account, but you got to also take into account that you know they may be wrong or whatever. And like people were like, oh, how dare you question the witness? How you know the wait? This is the witnesses that that's the most important part that's the you know you're you're and they kind of got got all upset about it and it was like look it's nothing personal it's just this is how you this is how you assess information yeah yeah man that comes up a lot with me is are you calling them a liar or are you calling me a liar i know what i saw yeah, when I when I'm not even addressing someone particularly, they they will take it as their own argument like are you calling me a liar? And there there is the fact of the matter is there is a tremendous <coughs> amount of quality P 
peer-reviewed research that has been done over and over and over. Um, Elizabeth Loftus, Julia Shaw are just a couple of names that have just done incredible work on memory. And the fact of the matter is we are walking around mistaken about a lot of things that that go on in our lives. And it, it's just been shown again and again and again. And that can include the details of an event. And then somebody would argue, yeah, but the event actually happened. Well, not always. Julia Shaw, um, Dr. Shaw, did a lot of incredible work on showing that she could get people to confess to crimes that never happened and give elaborate, detailed stories that all she did was be friendly to them and use some um, unreliable memory retrieval tactics. And like we were talking about the similarities between the um, Project Palladium and UFO reports earlier, what I just described Dr. Shaw was doing is what UFO investigators do. You know, that's what they do. They're friendly, they're sympathetic, and they don't know how to ask questions. And they don't ask open-ended questions. And they ask stuff like, was it an orb? Yes or no, and uh, and and have them do things that um, that are supposed to be memory tricks that are actually not effective. And what they've been proven to do is form false memories. And yeah, the fact of the matter is, we are constantly creating a, a fantasy in our head of what's going on in our lives. And it's based on what we hope to happen in the future and what we mistakenly think has already taken place. And, you know, there's some philosophies that are at the heart of that, too, like um, mindfulness practices to to try to, you know, get some of the fantasy and the excitement and anxiety out of the mind and more into um, just noticing what is happening from one moment to the next. But yeah, absolutely. There's, it, it's, it's just fact, man, that, that people, it, it's the worst type of evidence. Um, you know, witness testimony is just the worst type of evidence. Yeah, yeah. And going back to, like, my thing about, like, uh, my advice to sort of, like, not take things so personally, especially extends to that kind of thing. Like, it's like you can say someone might be wrong, and it, that doesn't mean they're fu- you're calling them a liar. And, and when you fly off the handle <laughs> – um, at 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 your own preconceived—I don't mean you, I mean critics, I guess you could say—at uh, yeah. at their own preconceived idea that like uh, that any any person, any group of people, any um, 
any witness or whatever is infallible, like then you're then you're you know it's hard. You're not you're not coming at this with an honest mindset. I guess it's kind of my yeah yeah, and it, and it's not calling them a liar as much as for me to fully embrace a story that um, an object. Uh, flew in a certain way and um, went in the ocean and the the Navy couldn't find it, et cetera. And, you know, just uh, over the months gets more and more embellished and more and more fantastic. It's not even that I don't believe them as much as for me to be expected to embrace this as, unadulterated fact absolutely happened the way they said it did and the implications of this just has got to have more than somebody said i mean i mean to to accept it to accept it as true like you know the sun rises and sets every day You've just got to have more more evidence than hearsay. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm in total agreement with you. Um, you know, and and again, it's like no nobody's calling anybody a liar. Everyone, calm down. Like that's kind of my that's kind of my big bailiwick. Um, you know, and I. Over the years, I mean, I experienced this not just with UFOs, but like with ghosts or anyone who sort of like had a personal experience. It's like I just, with the exception of like we had like a landmark episode with Adam Davies and a, and a crazy, I don't even know what you'd call it, interdimensional creature portal story. Um, that's one that I kind of file away. That's one that really, uh, that that's one that really sort of piqued my interest. But, but more often than not, somebody comes on and they have a story about like, okay, an alien showed up in my house, and it's like, I don't, it just doesn't do anything for me. Like it doesn't get me. It really doesn't get me that excited because to me it's like, wow. I almost it's a mix of like it's a mix of like like what you're saying. It's like I need I need a little more than just your account of it, and also just sort of like, well, it's like someone telling you about how they went to an awesome concert or something like that. It's like, wow, yeah. okay, uh, that must have been quite the experience for you. That must have been <laughs> – clearly that changed your life in a fundamental way. I cannot in any way, um, you know, identify with what you're talking about right now, so I'm just going to shut up and listen, and I can't do anything with that. So, you know, it's yeah, very uh, problematic. Yeah, accept it with the same – significance they do when it's their story I mean it, it's just not reasonable it's really not yeah so we uh, we agree on a lot of things I think uh, <laughs> the the uh, I, I, yeah I'd like to see a little more healthy skepticism in the in the world of UFOs but you know, I, there are people that are of that mindset. There are a lot of people that are like that. Um, it just seems like there's a lot of very vocal people that are just super, uh, you know, they're super on board with whatever, wherever this spaceship's going to go. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and they get more headlines. 
the you know the fantastic statements or headline grabbers. Um, they're more vocal on social media. The reasonable, moderate people um, don't jump in and argue in everything that's said, and, and aren't like we were saying. You know, they aren't running a dozen sock puppets either like the the people that seem to just be on some kind of guerrilla mission to promote UFOs are. Um, yeah, yeah. And and like you're saying, nobody's even arguing the point that stuff gets reported and is unidentified. We, we just, you know, like a little um, more confirmation before being demanded to accept conclusions about it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we'll, we'll uh, you know, we'll see what the future holds. It's certainly an interesting time in in UFO world, so um, you know, I think I talked about this with uh Greg Bishop on one of our year in review shows because we've been doing those shows for like 15 years now and like, you know, I dug up or maybe 10 years or something, but I like dug up like sort of the recaps from, uh, you know, I want to say like 2008, 2009. And, like, the the biggest UFO stories were, like, were like, like a fart whimper. You know what I mean? They were, they were yeah. like, they were like nothing compared to what's happening right now. So, you know, UFOs are certainly having a moment, and it's fun to watch, uh, it's fun to watch this moment unfold. Um you know, but I have no investment in, in wherever this is going. I'm just kind of enjoying the show. So we'll we'll, yeah. uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. I'll be definitely interested in keeping an eye on this. Uh, it, yeah, and I really piqued my interest about this report being late and what might, what might happen because I can't imagine they can't do. <laughs> he said, it didn't dawn on me. He said that like they can't do anything about it. Like they already, they're not going to take away the funding of the Pentagon or something. So well, yeah, like <laughs> I, that's what I got to thinking is who would even be complaining? Like if, like like it, other than UFO bobs, like is there anyone with any authority that would even um, find it concerning if, if you know the. the DNI just, you know, is like um, been a little busy, man. You know, like who yeah. who would even complain to him about it? You know, Speaker Pelosi, um, the president, uh, you know, I mean, would anybody even be like who that he works for is um, uh, awaiting this report with, with a lot of uh enthusiasm you know i i don't know that there is anybody it was just my thinking you know yeah yeah it's uh it's interesting it's interesting i was one of the interesting things that i wondered too is uh and i don't know i haven't heard the latest from harry reed but it's like shouldn't if harry reed really cares a lot about ufos shouldn't he call joe biden aren't they friends like he ought to, he he ought to be able to get in touch with the president like tomorrow. So that to me, that to me is like I, I would like to see somebody <laughs> ask him that because if I was Harry Reid, I'd be like, oh hey Joe, I knew you for like twenty five years. We served in the Senate together. We're old friends. Hey, 
you know, let me let me get you up to speed on you on UFOs or whatever. But that that you know, unless that's happening in the shadows, I don't. I haven't heard much about that. But um, you know, it's uh, it's it's one of those things I kind of, I kind of wondered about after the election. Um, yeah, anyway, so we, we yeah. yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's all. That I don't, I don't really. <laughs> I don't know what you might have, even have to say to that. It's just kind of one of those funny little things that happened where it was like, oh, here's a here's a lucky break that it ought to be a lucky break, but it doesn't seem like nothing, anything's come of it. Um, but it's still early in, in the Biden administration, so who knows what, um, you know, who knows? At the end of the year, we will be talking about how Harry reads the UFO czar or the, the UAP czar, and he's going to gonna look into this after the reports come out. So any, <laughs> I'm open to any possibility. Um so we we talked about uh, the grades were framed. Have you? I I I don't want to tip what I know about. So like, are you working on anything new? I think you you kind of teased a little bit, but are, are you do you anticipate another book anytime in the near or not too distant future? I, I do. Thanks for thanks for asking. I I'm pretty much getting ready. I'm ready to to start talking about it now. I'm. In the home stretch, I've been writing about NICAP, and I, I'm like into the home stretch of finishing that up. And it's not um, actually about the history of NICAP. It's not really a book on NICAP as much as how it overlapped with the intelligence community and things that uh, I was able to learn about as a result and um through uh uh the FOIA process and previously published documents and newly published documents and quite a bit that I'm um in the process of still getting um uh completed and prepared for release and uh so I I find that pretty interesting um I, I don't mind telling you, I'm not looking forward to actually um, getting it formatted for publishing. Uh, I just, with the <laughs> grades, I, uh, you know, I just self-published through Amazon. But I probably will because it'd be just about as much hassle to um, work with a third party or a, a publisher and try to, um, explain how all the documents feel like I use screenshots of the documents I've obtained and stuff like that and so yeah. um, it, it prob- it's probably going to be easier to do the hassle myself than to try to walk someone through the hassle so I might as well just roll up my sleeves and give myself plenty of time like don't expect it to be a Saturday afternoon job but like give myself, you know, a month or something to get this thing formatted, you know. But, uh, yeah, is the answer to your question. I'm working on the uh, overlapping of NICAP and the intelligence community, primarily the CIA and FBI. Nice. All right. So that'll be you're, – you're, you're in the home stretch on that. So probably next time I, I talk uh, to you on the I show – yeah, with the first draft, then I can rewrite the damn thing and <laughs> and uh, 
format it and post. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. Well, like I said, next time I talk to you, I'm sure uh, that'll be the that'll be the topic of conversation. Um. And then, of course, whatever the hell happens <laughs> in the interim. Um. So with all that said, Jack, I I can't thank you enough. Uh, as I said to Adam uh, a couple of weeks ago, is uh, you know, there's about maybe a handful of people I count on in this crazy world of the paranormal, sort of my inner circle, and you're definitely one of those guys. So, um, you know, I can't thank you enough for your friendship over the years and for uh, another enlightening and fascinating conversation here tonight. I really enjoyed it. Um, and, again, I appreciate your patience and letting me vent <laughs> from time to time, um, you know, and, and I, I, I really, really enjoyed the conversation. It was a great uh, it was a great back and forth and exactly what I like Banal of America to be, which is what pretty much what you'd hear if Jack and I just bellied up to the bar for a couple hours. So it was uh, a lot of fun, my friend. Thank you, Tim. I sincerely appreciate that, and I, I value your friendship and your perspectives as well. Yours is one of the few... A podcast that I just know when it airs live because I, I'm going to be tuning in. Uh, you were a big part of the uh, helping get me and I'm sure a lot of other people through the um, last previous treacherous year. The series you did with Dr. Coke John was great. And, uh, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, and I uh, I value your friendship and your contributions to the genre as well, and thank you for having me. Awesome, man. All right, well I will uh, I'll, I'll talk to you in the Twitterverse, and I'll I'm sure uh, we'll be chatting again uh, sometime down the line, my friend. All right. Have a great night. All right. Well, there you go, folks. That was Jack Brewer. Uh, the UFO Trail is the blog, uh, ufotrail.blogspot.com. The book is The Grays Have Been Framed. Uh, hats off to Jack again. I really appreciate that he, <laughs> that he let me jump up and down on my, uh, on my soapbox there tonight. Um, I have a lot of, I, I meant to say this, but he was still on the air, but, uh, yeah, I have a lot of, I have a lot of respect for Jack because, uh, he really, he really takes it on the chin from a lot of crazy people. <laughs> to put it mildly on on uh on Twitter just for asking questions you know he's not he's not mean he's he's not a he's not a dick um you know he's uh he's just asking questions and and making observations and and people people uh they can be kind of they can be kind of jerks about it so i have a lot of respect for him for uh putting up with that stuff um so what else is going on so next week uh there's no show next week april 30th i got a bunch of family stuff i gotta do so uh it's a rare yeah it's it's a rare week off after i took months and months to do a show um <laughs> but it is it is a rare week off here in the spring session um we'll be back in may um i believe it's may 7th i want to say or may 8th uh but the first Friday in May, uh, we'll be back, and our guest will be uh, the one and only Aaron Gullius from The Saucer Life. Uh, yeah, May 7th. So, yeah, on May 7th, 9 p.m., we'll be talking to Aaron Gullius of The Saucer Life um, about classic classic, uh, classic UFO world, so, the sauce of the saucer kind, you know, the quirky stuff. Aaron and I, we, we have a, a lot of shared opinions on sort of the – an appreciation for the absurdity of of 
UFO world and the paranormal in general, and uh, also a great appreciation uh, we both share for uh, paranormal media, in a sense, you know, the old-timey radio shows um, and uh, the tabloids that used to cover, actually seriously cover UFOs, like National Enquirer and, believe it or not, Weekly World News. They were like once uh, real um, reporting like real stuff on UFOs or, you know, doing bona fide journalism in a sense on UFOs. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that stuff. We'll talk about quirky characters in the world of UFO, uh, of saucer lore. It's probably the better way to put it. So yeah, quirky characters from saucer lore. And, um, you know, I'm trying, I'll try not to, uh, belabor a lot of the points made tonight about the current state of uh, UFO world, because people don't want to hear me repeat myself here on the show, so uh, we'll, we'll try and stay within the sort of realm of uh, quirky saucer lore, and also uh, Aaron's got a new book that's coming out in the not-too-distant future about uh, aspirational conspiracy theories, um, so we'll almost certainly get into that stuff Um and he can explain it better than I can, but it's sort of like conspiracy theories where, where uh, with, with like a good end game in a sense, sort of like uh, in, in the minds of the conspiracy theorists. So like like the the whole idea of like QAnon and uh, the storm is coming and the storm is going to usher in a utopia, like those kinds of conspiracy theories. Um, so that that's what he's working on right now. Uh, so yeah, so we're talking about quirky saucer lore. And uh, aspirational conspiracy theories. So two very interesting topics, two very uh, heady uh, but different realms to explore. Uh, and that will be, again, on Friday, May 7th. What did I do? I almost, I almost said May 6th. Friday, tired here, Friday, May 7th at 9 p.m., the usual banal time, as Jack said. He knows when it's on. You should, too, by now. Um, and, uh Yeah. If you're listening to this now, you're listening to the MP3. So uh, hopefully you're, you're you're checking it out within a couple of days of the live show. I finally have got my act together and I've got everything all caught up uh, at the Ben All of America website and uh, podcast feed. So uh, yeah, so thank you to uh, everybody who listened tonight. Thanks to all the folks in the chat room. We'll be back in two weeks with Aaron Gullius. Until then, this is Tim Ben All thanking you for listening and signing off. Yeah.